Hey. Again. Hey. The how, year. How it going? It's 2020. Yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, it still is. Big, yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Big presidential race coming up. Mm-hmm. Your options mm-hmm. are Donald Trump. Old white man. Joe Biden. Old white man. Kanye West. Black man with the politics of an old white man. Correct. <laughs> Kanye well, West is running he's, for he's president. A, he's a interesting individual with varied viewpoints across the board. Uh yeah. Half so, terrible, half okay. Yeah. It is very, very strange. All Kanye. All the time. Kanye West, a man who has claimed he is uh, running for president, but still hasn't registered to run for president, has claimed that he's running for president on Twitter. I don't believe him. With the hashtag 2020 vision. I don't believe him. I don't believe him either. People are acting surprised. Like, oh man, Kanye. Doing crazy shit. Trying to get people to vote for him, and it's just going to get Trump reelected. And I'm like... You remember Life of Pablo when he said 2020, he's going to run the whole election? Yeah. He said it. He did. Wasn't that surprising? No. Now, what, is, what isn't surprising is Kanye shuts up for long periods of time on social media and then, and then comes back and says stupid shit. When it's album time. It, album time. So... That's the real news here, is that it's album time. That's why, like, you know, when he had an album coming out, he started doing the MAGA shit and saying a bunch of crazy shit. And that's been the case for his entire career. Yeah. So now is nothing different, and I wouldn't take him running for president that seriously. If he even gets on the ballot, which he won't, because it's too late, uh, he's not going to probably detract that much from the bases that are already decided to vote Trump and have already decided to vote Biden. I know there's like a lot of fear there, but I don't really think it's that warranted, to be honest. I don't think so. People are really going in and being like, fuck you, Kanye. You piece of shit. You're just going to get Trump elected. This is just a ploy by Kanye because he likes Trump to get Trump elected. Some lady wrote a whole song. That song sucks. (laughs) It wasn't very good. White women should not be allowed to have acoustic guitars. That Damn, should not dude. be a freedom allowed to them. Damn. <laughs> There's some white women who do really good stuff with acoustic guitars. Okay. Every white woman except Stevie Nicks should not be allowed to have a guitar. <laughs> what about, like, Haley Williams? You should be able to have a guitar. Nah. She no? sing, though. That's fine. But she plays guitar real good. Justin... Don't poke holes in my bulletproof theory <laughs> that white women should not have misogyny. guitars. Look. Wait, what, you hate women or something? We need... Uh, Antonio Brown said it best. <laughs> no, no, stop. No more white women oh, 2020. no! <laughs> you had to go all the way, didn't you? You had to go full Antonio yes, That'll Brown. probably be the only time... And as a joke, I say Antonio Brown said it best. Because that's not really something you want to say ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> not even once. Yeah. And you did it once. Anyway, so Kanye. Um, <laughs> why, though, really? Why, though? Why, though, album? I know. Album. Album is why, though. Right. I, I don't... It's not surprising to me. Like, he did this interview, and, like, he has a bunch of crazy responses. He's anti-vaxxer, I guess. Yeah, I guess. He's fucking anti-abortion, I guess. And, like, I don't even know if any of those are his real opinions. 
Because he just says shit and flip-flops all the time. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, man. Kanye is Kanye. And at the end of the day, you kind of just, like, roll a 20-sided dice to see what you're going to get out of his mouth. And then... But the music usually good. Usually. So... Last album sucked. Yeah, Jesus is King was not up to snuff with the rest of his material. Um... You know, he does have one miss, and it's that. Yeah. But uh, hopefully the next one isn't a miss as well, with Oof. whatever it's called. Jesus yeah. is also we, king we, again. We, we call 2020 vision. 2020 vision? Hashtag 2020 vision. Because mm. that's his that's that's uh, presidential shit he's going on. The funniest thing... a bunch thing, of songs about him running for president. Yeah, dude. He should do it. Look, nobody... If Twitter existed in the 70s, do you think that people would, like... Like, white woman would pick up guitars to call Alice Cooper an asshole for making elected. Do you think that would happen? I don't know. Maybe. Fuck you, Alice. I can't believe you said you, you're you just going to take votes away from, you know, Nader. Not Nader. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know the exact year that uh, elected came out. So who is he taking votes away from? Johnson? I don't fucking know. When you did elected, you said you don't know what year elected came out. I feel like I feel like it's important that we look this up. Is it important? It is important for our rambling non sequitur intros that go on for ten minutes for no reason. Right. Okay, it was released in nineteen seventy-two. Okay. Nineteen seventy-two. Oh my god. It was between Nixon and George McGovern. He was responsible for getting Nixon elected. Atlas, why? <laughs> See, I knew something was wrong when when Alice Cooper started wearing those MAGA hats and supported Richard Nixon back in 1972. That shit was crazy. Listen. And then all of a sudden, he's like, I'm going to get elected. And then Richard Nixon got elected instead. You know, I'm just saying. History repeats itself. Did you dude. really think George McGovern was going to beat Richard Nixon? Considering I've never heard of George McGovern, that sounds like a fake name. Oh, one of the most catastrophic Democratic uh, nominees of all time. Yeah. Just to, just to show you the electoral vote difference, uh, Richard Nixon had 520. Now, if you know how many members of the Electoral College there are, yeah, that means that George McGovern got 17. That's really fucking low. Usually it's a, more of a split... Like a forty-seven, yeah. To like, he only got thirty-seven percent of the popular vote. That's fucking and abysmal. Almost every state. Damn, that's even worse than like John Kerry. <laughs> what a bad candidate. He won like Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and Washington D.C. and like that's it. Right, and then the third-party candidate won one state. Holy shit! You have to be really bad for that to yeah. happen. Yeah, third-party candidate won West Virginia. Wow. It's all Alice Cooper's fault, I tell you. Right after that Watergate. (laughs) So, you know. So, yeah, the American people were right. Right again. They're always right. They don't ever miss. The American people don't ever miss. The Electoral College has never missed once. They always elect a great president. Actually, actually, I'm wrong. I was looking at that stat the opposite way. Uh, Never been a good president. Hot take. Lincoln's okay, I guess. Hello, 
welcome to the Get and Jump Show. It's Get. Hey, you're welcome. Welcome to the show. Don't fucking interrupt me, you piece of shit. <laughs> you see, now you noticed it. You've never responded to that before until I told you last episode that I always cut you off. I don't know how delayed I am or not. Discord voice sound weird. You know, I've cut you off every episode since like 10. All right. <laughs> and you've never said a word to me until I mentioned it last week. Well, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> about time for some fucking changes around here. <laughs> and that's why I am officially endorsing Kanye West for president no! 2020. Nah, just kidding. Don't don't we, vote for Kanye. We watched Freddy vs. Jason, so you vote didn't for, have to. I'm vote sorry for today. Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. He always delivers. He don't ever miss. Yeah, except right now. Yeah, well, this was pretty bad. Yeah. It's a big miss. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like the worst on the list. It might but be. like, yeah, it wasn't very good. It I was very disappointed worst. with Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, she might be the worst movie on the list. But we'll get to that in a bit. First, how did you play anything, buddy? Yeah. Um, I'll just talk about one of them, though. Okay. I started playing The Order 1886. Oh, man. Old I game. Will, I will save that for. That's not that old. Not as old as the other one I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'll save my discussion of order because I've played it for maybe a collective four hours and I'm probably already like three fourths of the way into it. You're over halfway. So I'm going to go ahead and just beat that game. So I have the entire uh, story, if you can call it, in my head so that I can fully critique it. Spoiler, I'm probably going to say it's bad. Or at least mediocre because I don't know. Gunplay fine. Story not good. Not invested at all. Troy Baker likes to sound like Batman in The Dark Knight Rises in that game. Yeah. There's a lot of like, uh, where's the trigger? Where's Bane? Yeah. Moments from right. Troy Baker in that game. Uh, but a, a less serious but way better game I'm going to talk about that I started playing. The little game known as Duke Nukem. 3D. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yes. World Tour. Um, yeah. The remaster, um, which I didn't know this at the time, but I guess the remaster, uh, I haven't played these levels yet, uh, added new levels uh, made in the old Duke Nukem 3D engine. That's right. It's basically like more Doom and shit uh, made now. The most current created Duke Nukem content is not Duke Nukem Forever. It's these re- like new levels for this game. Okay. Um, I and I, that, I know that uh, people shit on Duke Nukem Forever, and probably rightfully so. I've never played Duke Nukem Forever. Um, but this game's great. I've never experienced any Duke Nukem until now. Oh, really? No. Well, well I knew of the character and how meme he was, because, like, you know, he's just action 80s man. Yeah. Quips. Right. It's ba- like, so I didn't realize how much of a parody of Doom these games are mm-hmm. it's basically just old you know doom style levels but like you're more of a meme of a character yeah like you know yeah the, the whole thing's just a big fucking like shooter meme yeah it's great um it's really childish and dumb mm-hmm. and super misogynistic yeah well, lots of girls all around with their titties out 90s not literally but like basically and uh I don't know. Uh, strippers, toilets, 
you know, and shoot aliens. That's yeah. the Duke Nukem. That, that's the whole game. Trifecta. That, that is literally the entire um, game. The levels got that Doom quality where uh, I like to call it like a where the fuck do I go kind of game. Yeah. I'm not great at that level design. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a, uh, a rookie when it comes to Doom. Mm-hmm. kind of stuff so yeah. you know i would like notice that like the par for this level is five minutes and i would take like 35 minutes but that's just me maybe i'm bad i'm also playing on the easiest difficulty but i thought that would be funny because i don't want duke nukem to have a hard time killing things that yeah. doesn't sound correct to me yeah i don't know no, no. <laughs> i get it and there's so many little hidden areas uh that are fun and great even more so than in stuff like doom I think, because they really wanted to pack in as many little references and dumb things as they possibly could. My favorite so far is in the second level of the game. You enter a church, and uh, you can hit this button, and the cross in the background flips upside down to an inverted cross, and then you have to fight like a demon or an alien, whatever they are in the Duke Nukem universe. I don't even know if he's fighting aliens or demons. I think they're aliens. They're aliens. Either way, you fight this thing, it kind of looks a bit like a cacodemon from Doom, but it's like a little more skull-looking uh-huh. and tentacly. And you kill that thing, and you head back there, and you find this little secret room where there's a dead Doom guy and a chain gun. And when you find him, Duke Nukem says, That's one doomed guy. And I'm like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently there's other little uh, hidden things like that. I think you could find Serious Sam and a couple other characters from, you know, pop culture and similar games. It's cool. It's fun. It's genuinely mindless, but actually genuinely fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Also, if you get that game, it's very cheap usually. I got it for like five bucks, PlayStation Store. Mm-hmm. You can plat that game if you know what you're doing in 30 minutes. Because it lets you put on cheats. So you could put on God mode and clip through walls. And uh, just uh, go to the last level of every, like, chapter. You know, it's, like, very much like Doom where it's, yeah. like, uh, you know, knee-deep in hell and then, like, all the other chapters or whatever they're called. Yeah, they stick to it's made much the same. Yeah. So there's, like, five and you have to beat each one, but... That really just means you select the last level and beat that. And if you put on God mode and clipping through walls, you can just head straight to the exit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, boom. Game platted 30 minutes. Damn. But I'm actually trying to go through it. I was looking at the difficulty assessment, and it was like 1 out of 10 to plat the game with cheats. 2 out of 10 to plat the game without cheats. <laughs> it's just way longer to do so yeah. because like... You have to actually beat the game and play the game. But I've been wanting to anyway, so I'm going to. It's fun. That's really all I got to talk about as far as that goes. I'll probably have more to say about the order next week. And maybe Duke Nukem if I uh, beat it and plat it. I What would you do? I wish that Doom uh, had that feature that, that Duke Nukem does. Mm-hmm. Where you could turn the cheats on. Yeah, it doesn't. It's really hard because of that. To get the plat. Yeah, I just think it would have been so much more fun, like, to be able to run it. The cheats and Doom are fun. Yeah, maybe. It's like to fuck around. I, I'm sad I don't get to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Doom's, I mean, I, I'm going to play through, I play through Doom normally anyway, but... Yeah, we were doing to, that a while back. We never finished our playthrough. Well, yeah, because we have to play it on fucking Nightmare. Yeah, that's hard. the problem. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure you can beat uh, Duke Nukem on any difficulty and use cheats, so the difficulty is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anywho, It'd be a lot of fun. You have to just like to put on like you know, all guns and shit and just fuck around on nightmares. So you just like blowing everything up, you know? Yeah, it'd be fun. I wish. I wish. Me, I have done jack shit. Oh, really? I played. Well, I played Battlefront Two with you for a little bit. That's a fun game. I wish it wasn't 120 gigabytes. Yeah. Because now I can't fit anything on my console. <laughs> That's huge. Uh, you know, it's fine. I don't like it as much as the old Battlefronts. But it's fine. I die a lot. I'm not good at it. It's This one's harder mm-hmm. than the other Battlefronts because you die really quickly. For sure. I. You know what we should talk about, though? Mm. That fucking Ewoks mode. Yeah, actually, I would love to talk about <laughs> There's a mode called Ewok Hunt in Star Wars Battlefront. Mm-hmm. It is basically a horror game. Yeah. Y'all, the Xbox kids remember Halo 3. And you remember Zombies, the custom game mode. Everybody playing it together online. That's what this is. It's the same thing. Yeah. So one zombie slash Ewok. Yeah, it's an Ewok. It's just fucking hilarious. So the game's usually third person. Yeah. This switches you to first person on purpose so that you have a more limited view mm-hmm. of your surroundings. Yeah. The Ewoks are in third person, though. And it's just one Ewok and then, like, a squad of stormtroopers. Yes. I think the concept being that they're the only ones left after the Empire has crumbled. And they're just stuck on Endor <laughs> without a ride until the ride gets here. That's great. To pick them up. <laughs> and the Ewoks, like, have glowing eyes and they look evil as shit. And you can't see them until they're right up next to you because you don't have any light. And you could shine a flashlight, but that alerts the Ewoks to where you are because they have night vision and they can see really bright. It's fucking bizarre. Yeah. That they came up with this horror concept with Ewoks. One of the most memed on Star Wars creatures in existence. Like, before Jar Jar Binks, everybody complained about the Ewoks. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And they make their f- stupid Ewok noises while you're massacring soldiers in the dark. <laughs> yub yub. They fucking yub yub all over those guys, dude. They get yubbed. <laughs> they get yubbed to death. You can blow the horn. Yeah, you can blow the horn. It's like a, some kind of the horn right after thing. it goes an octave up. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's really good. And then like you have emotes that you can do and like the. The Ewoks, like, you know, celebrate and, like, raise their stick up and down, but the Stormtroopers just cry. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so... It's weird. My favorite thing I ever did in that game mode was I went and uh, went and hid in a cave, then just spammed the crying mode until the Ewok came and killed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It makes me feel bad for the Stormtroopers, dude. I know oh, they're part me. of the space Nazis, but, I mean... Oof. Yeah, fuck them. Crying in a cave and getting murdered by teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> so that mode is fucking crazy. And, and there's all kinds of weird shit in that game. I think the thing that sticks out to me that, like, I don't know if I like it or not is... From what I remember about Battlefront 2, the, there would be uh, every map, like, as far as, like, the hero characters and the Sith characters would be concerned, mm-hmm. every map had their own one that would happen on that map. So, like, if you were on Coruscant, it would be Darth Maul would be the guy for the bad guys. Yeah. And then, like, the good guys one, I think it would be Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Yoda. I could be mistaken. But, like, either way, it was always tied to the map. 
so that it made canonical sense. This game doesn't give a shit. It, you can make it give a shit. You can make it give a shit? You can select a specific game mode. Okay, but like for the base game modes, the normal yeah. game modes, where you're just doing quick play, like, yeah, you could be in the middle of the Battle of Endor, or the Battle of Hoth, and, uh, oh, there's there's General Grievous. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Kylo Ren. What? <laughs> and it always, like, throws me out of it. Like, I know I'm playing a video game. I'm not that immersed. It's not a super immersive game. It's yeah. just a multiplayer shooter. It's fine. But, like, that really rips me the fuck right out of it. And I just go, lol. General <laughs> Grievous on Hoth. Okay. Because <laughs> you're just, like, combining all these eras of Star Wars that are very different from each other. Very. And I don't know if it gels together quite as well as they think it does. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> like, you know. No, it's weird. I don't know. I, I find it really weird too. There's a specific game mode you could pick that that every map has like only characters from that era you could play as. Yeah. Which that that that's fine. But that it, would probably not, makes more sense. Yeah. yeah it's it's not like, like it is a Battlefront Two though, where it's only like certain characters per map. Yeah. Like if, if you're if you play like on a you know on a on a four five six map, you could play as any character four five six. That makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. That's in the game. Okay. Yeah, but uh, the game's a little better now that it's not like a fucking microtransaction hell mess. Yeah, I find it hard to unlock anything, though. Yeah. It's because very you hard. have to spend money to unlock the costumes and shit. They'll give you free stuff occasionally. It's a slow drip. But it's a very slow drip, yeah. Yep. And uh, that's a problem. Yeah, intentionally. They go, you don't want to pay? Well, you're going to play forever. Fuck you. <sighs> Thanks, EA. Yep. Pieces of garbage. Bless on them. So... That's it. That's all I played. All right. Well, let me talk about a comic book, and then I guess we'll just talk about the fucking movie. Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Let's go. <sighs> what do we got? One second. Uh-oh. <laughs> I forget what you... Is, is this fucking... Oh, no, wait. I know a comic. This is... I remember you told me last week. Well, uh, I read an additional comic as well, because it, it led into it as well. Okay. It was one issue. So, the, what I read this week was Jason X special... And Jason versus Jason X. Huh. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I still, like, I think I'm just as confused now after having read it as I am when I first read that. That was the title of something. So that's not really a good sign, is it? Of what is to happen here. Well, let me just go into this first. The Jason X special was, uh, Hang on, let me, hear, let me make sure I credit the right people. It was written by Brian Polito, and uh, the artist was Sebastian Flumara. Or, uh, sorry, Fiumara. I's and L's look similar to my bad eyesight sometimes. So, this is uh, interesting in, in a couple ways. It takes place immediately after Jason X. So, like, immediately after Jason lands on Earth 2 in the crater. Yeah. He gets up. He's fine. Of course. He's Which, just, like, I don't prefer necessarily. I like that the idea that Jason actually dies, and that's the final Jason movie. A little bit. Because, like... Man, if anything's gonna kill him, it would be him entering the Earth's atmosphere at high speed and setting ablaze, right? And there'd be nothing left. But hey, maybe that future metal really protected him. Who knows? So, this retcons a couple things. And it, it uh... 
it says that actually this is Earth 1. This is the original Earth that uh, is now extinct because we all fucked off and moved to Earth 2 in the Jason X universe because uh, we fucked Earth 1 up and it can't sustain life anymore. Not many people live in here anymore. Uh, so they retcon this for some reason because originally at the end of the movie... I was assuming he was landing on Earth 2. Uh-huh. But then, like, the characters realize, I guess... I'm going to assume this happens off-screen because, like, none of the Jason X, like, survivors are in this. Or its sequel, the Jason X versus Jason. I assume they just fucked off and went to actually Earth 2 because they realized this was Earth 1, not Earth 2. I guess. Even though the movie doesn't go into that at all. It's very confusing. Yeah. But, like, there's a character here that's a scientist lady who, of course, is dressed in some very revealing clothing. They kept that trope going from Great. Jason X. All the girls got their titty out way out. <laughs> uh, so she, um, I guess, found out about Jason somehow from their communications on the Grendel and uh, diverted their path to Earth-1. Because she wanted Jason Voorhees' DNA for personal gain. And, I mean, I mean, like it's kind of like understandable personal gain. It's not like monetary, like that professor asshole from the movie. It's more like she wants his DNA because it can, like, uh, you know, it's very uh, good genetic tissue that can, like, help, uh, you know, maybe bring people back from, like, the dead and stuff, you know, and, like, help people and, like... I don't know. I, I, I get it, but at the same time, I don't because we've seen the technology that's in Jason X. And, like, it seems that, like, death isn't that much of a problem in this universe. No, not really. And I was very confused, and, it, and this doesn't carry over to the next comic, where, like, they seem to have the vibe where, like, you know, humanity is, like, near extinction. And, like, her and her boyfriend, who is in a coma, are the only people left and I'm like, but that's not true. No, not at all. There's a whole other planet of people. That's Earth 2. Everybody moved to Earth 2. You could, you're just the only one left because you're on Earth 1. And, like, maybe she was talking more, like, about, you know, the last ones left of her family. But they didn't make it, like, seem like that. Like, maybe she wants her bloodline to continue. And, it like, you know, she's about to, like, die off or whatever. Either way, it's very flimsy. And what happens... Next is incredibly stupid. Um, Jason kills everyone here who are mostly robots. And he is spurned on by the voice in his head of Pamela Voorhees. Um, which is something that the movies don't really get into that much, but is really an aspect of the video game. And this came out first, so I was wondering if this actually inspired a bit of that. <sighs> Because the video game has Jason's mom talk to him constantly, right? She serves as your uh, notification when people, like, you know... When, when, like, you kill someone, she's like, Yes! Hunt them down! Hunt the rest of them down, Jason! Yeah. And, like, when, when uh, someone goes into your cabin to steal the sweater to start initiating the, uh, the actual kill you can do of Jason in that game, she'll be like, They've come for me, Jason! Don't let them get me! Yeah. And stuff like that. Uh -huh. So she kind of starts talking to Jason here. And, like, maybe this was just their excuse to, like, get around the fact that, like, you can't have Jason talking. I mean, I guess your only option is to have, like, some kind of internal monologue like they had in uh, Jason versus Leatherface. 
But here they just uh, decide to have Pamela do the talking. And it's okay. It works out okay. Anyway, Jason X is a powerhouse. Immediately upon landing, he goes and kills those people who pointed at the star falling at the end of Jason X. Mm-hmm. And he kills the shit out of them. Very, very humorously, they immediately um, start to have sex. And they say something along the lines of, like, science turns me the fuck on, baby. And they're just fucking. And then Jason throws a goddamn tree at them. <laughs> a entire tree. Oh, my God. Picks it up and chucks it at them. And they get smushed by a humongous tree. So, yeah, Jason X is a lot stronger than he would normally be, which we knew. He's powered up. Anyway, he eventually finds, you know, our main character, the girl, and, you know, kills everyone near her, which are all robots. There's not not a lot of people on this planet left. Uh, His mom spurs him on and is like, yes, kill them, Jason. And she tricks Jason into uh, getting in a rocket, and then she ignites it and jettisons him back into space. So Jason X is uh, the Uber Jason, if you will, is back in back in space, rocketing towards who knows where. And she and then in what doesn't make any sense to me at all, the ending of this comic is she goes and wakes up her boyfriend. She's like, "Yes, I used Jason's DNA to bring you back." But then this causes this man to start talking like he's Pamela Voorhees, and. He, I mean she, says, You took my son away from me. I'm going to kill you. And then, like, she kills her. Oh. And it makes no goddamn sense because then immediately we cut to Jason in space and Pamela's still talking to him. It's like she made it sound like, you know, he was, she was like ripped away from his mom's presence, which, like, I don't really know. What, what the fucking point of any of that was anyway. Anyway, this one wasn't that good. But there was the funny moment of Jason throwing a tree at people. And it is a, a lot of gore. Jason kills a lot of robots that have real life blood uh, for some reason. Anyway, let's get to the, the main event. <sighs> this comic's dumb. This comic's very dumb, Justin. Jason... Versus Jason X. Written and drawn by one man, Mike Wolfer. So, um, how does this how does this happen? Throw me a guess as to how you think we get Jason X fighting Jason. I'm, I'm seeing time travel. You would be wrong. It's somehow dumber. Oh, no. Um, okay, so. I, even though the whole fucking thing blew up. There is a, a one piece of the Grendel floating out in space, all right? And some, uh, a squad of, uh, you know, mercenaries or whatever the hell you think they are. I don't really know what they are. <sighs> whatever. They're trying to find supplies and, you know, a payday of sorts here on this uh, abandoned chunk of a space station that blew up. And they're, they're like, hey, there was some, uh, you know, uh, reconstruction equipment in here, you know, surgical, like the, the nanite bug machines. And they're like, that's worth millions. We got to go get that shit. And the, the comic shows us uh, a hanging 
chunk of uh, Jason's brain attached to his old hockey mask. Okay? Okay. I think all that's left is an eyeball, some Jason brain, and a hockey mask. Okay? Now, in Jason X, when, when Jason got obliterated by the robot lady and got reconstructed by the machines what i th- what i think happened was well, how do i put this I-, I think that the implication this comic is trying to say is that that process only worked that way because jason had enough of a percentage of his body left that it could be the rest could be reconstructed with like metal and shit okay but if there was less of a percentage, it would reconstruct it by other means, is what this comic is trying to say. It does it very badly, because this is what happens, Justin. They bump something, and Jason's brain head, that's all that's left, falls into the reconstruction machine. Oh, God. And it's on, and it goes, like, reconstruction, uh, incompatible with this much... Uh, body matter uh getting more material and it just automatically uh gets the material of several dead marines that are still left on the ship and i i don't know what how this works at all but basically it reconstructs a flesh jason out of a bunch of dead people like some kind of automatic frankenstein machine like, it just takes a bunch of dead people, rotting corpses, and just melds them all together and makes a new Jason. That's terrible. Yeah, it's it's, it's extremely lazy and terrible. What it makes no sense. Oh, my God. I, I think what they were going for is what I described. Yeah. But I think that's even giving it a little too much credit. Because it Ugh. is very sloppily written. All it shows is a shot of these dead bodies on the ground and then lasers shining on them. And I'm like, that doesn't explain how, like, this reconstruction works at all. They very wisely <laughs> don't show you the reconstruction process. They just cut to Jason appearing full-formed with a coat and, like, a Jason look and everything. Yeah, like, how a machete, you know, and the full mask, you know. None of it makes uh, even a, a hair of sense. <laughs> but anyway... Jason begins killing everyone who showed up, and uh, the pilot lady, who was, uh, again, wearing pretty revealing clothes, with the titty out. Titty up. Who would have guessed? Titty up, titty up. She's like, uh, scans show zero life forms, and she's like, well, that's it. Uh, Sorry, guys. I'm not getting killed, too. And she just fucking bails. (laughs) Good for her. Yeah. Only Jason snuck on board. No. Duh. (laughs) So she heads to the nearest vessel she can to, uh, you know, put it in SOS. But, uh, hey, guess who got there first? Why, it's Jason X. <laughs> Uber Jason. Oh, my God. Uh, he, he went to this vessel called the Party Zone. The dead ass, that's what it's called. This was actually at the end of the last yeah, the comic. Party? I forgot. The end of the last comic had a bunch of, uh, you know, future space people having a party. And they were listening to... I shit you not, play that funky music, White Boy. 
However, oh, oh, no. it wasn't white boy. It was green boy because it's the future. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. Oh, my God. There's not even aliens in Jason X. I don't even understand. Everybody's just earthlings that moved. But yeah. anyway... Um, <laughs> lo- the long and short of it is Jason... The Uber Jason, Jason X, is on this ship killing people. And then this pilot lady docks to this ship before everybody is really aware that this is happening and brings the other Jason with her. So we got fleshy Jason, we got metal Jason. And of course, after they kill their respective wings of the ship almost entirely, uh, you know, our pilot lady... Our main character, I suppose, is running away from one Jason and runs right into the other Jason. And then they have a, you know, DBZ stare down (laughs) in the the space hallway. And and I guess what this comic is trying to say for uh, the majority of it is, um, so Jason X has Pamela Voorhees' voice in his head telling him what to do. But Jason... The fleshy Jason has a vision of Pamela Voorhees in his head, but no voice. He just sees a vision of Pamela. Okay. So it's kind of like Jason's brain is not complete. So the visions he has of his mother are not fully formed. It's not a fully voiced image of Pamela he has in his head. You know, one Jason has the image. The other Jason has the voice. Anyway, they fight, and it's kind of fun. I don't think it makes as much sense as they wanted it to, because at the end of the day, Jason X is just going to wipe the floor with a Jason, because uh-huh. he's literally just a powered-up Jason. Right, it's better Jason. This is like saying that like it would be an even fight between like Super Saiyan Blue Goku and like normal Super Saiyan Goku. That's not an even fight at all. Unless you're playing, like, DBZ Fighters, because that's all over the place. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's literally just the higher power level version of Jason, Ugh. for all intents and purposes. But he gets some hits on him, but eventually, you know, as the, you know, the ship crashes and uh, Pilot Girl commandeers the ship, and it's only, the only people left are her and a robot lady, and they get the fuck out of there. They crash land on Earth 2. We're finally here. Earth dose. Earth number two. Hopefully it's better than the first one. Doubt but it. nah, the sequel's never as good. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they fight. And, uh, uh, you know, what a shocker. Jason X wins. Cuts off Jason's head. And then he does the unthinkable, which is he just picks up that Jason brain. And he moves. A, he just fucking grabs some of his head and opens up a hole to his exposed brain and just shoves that shit back in there. He just shoves that brain back into his head. Oh. I mean, you know, I'm not a scientist, Jusby, but, like, if I lost some of my brain and it, like, fell out... Chuck it back in there. Could I just shove it back in and it yeah. works now? Throw it back in there. Apparently that's how it works in the Jason X universe. It's sort of there. It's like he just in- shoves that shit back in his fucking head and then all of a sudden... Both of the the vision or voice of Pamela are now one in his head, and everything is right for Jason X now. 
Uh, now he has more clarity, but he's still just as dumb. And then the comic just ends. Yes, dude. No, no, no. I works, man. It's just like adding a new fish to a fish tank. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Same shit. It's just like, you know. That's really want, fucking stupid. You want some extra meatloaf? Just cut a piece of it and put it on the plate. And now it's all on the plate. Right? Mm, awesome concept. Sure. Yeah, so it was dumb as shit, but, like, you know, honestly, I can't fault it, like, as much as some of the other ones that are, like, boring and, like, fucked up and, like, bad taste. Because this one, at the very least, it's trying to lean into that camp that Jason X had. It's trying to lean into this, you know, movie where the universe didn't make a whole lot of sense. A lot of Jason X doesn't make any sense, and it's funny. It's funny because it doesn't make any sense. The the contrivance of Jason becoming the Uber Jason is incredibly stupid. Right. But this just goes too far. It takes the next step. To the point where none of it is even close to believable. Even in a even in a parody-esque context. It's completely ludicrous. <laughs> I'd probably give this like, I don't know. This is like five out of ten, six out of ten tier. So, however, we got one more comic to read, and I'm going to read that next week. And I'm cautiously optimistic okay. that it's going to be good. It's Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. They didn't do it in movie form, but they did it in comic form. And I am down. I need it. I really want it. And I'm sure we'll talk about this a little more when we talk about Freddy vs. Jason proper. But, like, I, I know that they struggled, like, and eventually gave up on making a sequel to it. But one of their ideas was to throw Ash from Army of Darkness and Evil Dead in there. And I think Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were of the opinion that Ash had to win. Or else there was no point in doing it. They didn't want to do it unless he beat their asses. Yeah. And, like... Well, yeah. They didn't want to necessarily do that because most of the time when they do these versus movies in Hollywood, they get kind of like cold feet about who will be the winner of the bout because you don't want to piss off the fans of the other one, I guess. I don't agree. I think just choose a clear winner and then lean into it. And if Ash was going to be that winner of that movie, I would have loved it. I don't think you'd have anyone complaining. No. About Bruce Campbell beating their asses real hard. <laughs> like, they're the villains. Like, come on. Let him be the hero and just chainsaw the fuck out of them with his chainsaw hand and shoot the shit out of them with his boomstick. Yeah. And I hope we get a lot of that in this comic that I'm going to read and uh, tell you about next week in our wrap-up special. Because after today, we only got one movie left. Yeah. Crazy to think. What if it's just as bad as this one, probably? I hope it's better than this one. What a disappointing movie. Yep, Freddy vs. Jason. 2003? 2003. The yeah. most 2003 movie I've ever seen. Seriously, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Everything about it, too. The way it's shot, the way it looks, the shitty fucking dark filter. Mm -hmm. All that shit. It's all here. The shit we complained about in all those movies from the early 2000s that we watched on its show. It's all here. Yeah, it is. It's the culmination of everything we fucking hate. In these horror movies. Yeah, it's not as bad as something like Alien vs. Predator or Alien vs. Predator 2, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's not yeah. even like, yeah, definitely not. But it has elements from all of them. Yeah, I mean, this is just how they were doing shit in that decade, and it was a mistake all Big around. Big mistake. Giant yeah. mistake. So, 
Freddy Got Fingered versus Jason was released in August of two. That's not what it's called. I'm uh, sorry. Hey. I'd rather see that movie. Fucking Tom Green fighting Jason. Freddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> Freddy, would you like some sausages? <laughs> Jason cuts up a bunch of camp counselors and then. Tom Green walks up to their dead bodies and he goes, I gotta get inside the counselors! And he just like rolls around in their dead bodies like a fucking <laughs> insane person. Yeah. Do you think that uh, the way, the ending in the, the climactic battle at the end on the Crystal Lake dock would be a little bit different if it was Tom Green? Like he would jerk off an elephant and it would spray Jason with cum and yeah. rocket him into the river? Uh-huh. That'd be a little different, I think. It's the hair. It'd be a little bit of a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> not much. What a movie Freddy Got Fingered. Can we put that on the wheel? It's not a franchise. But... Just watch Freddy Got Fingered? Yeah. All right. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, Freddy vs. Jason released in August of 2003. After spending uh, nearly a decade and a half in some form of development. Uh, it took him a while to make this fucking shit. So why did it take so long for these two slasher titans to face off? Well, we've, we've covered some of it before, but just to, like, briefly recap, in case, uh, you know, you didn't listen to those episodes, which I can't blame you. This isn't a very good podcast. Ah. <laughs> New Line and Paramount were attempting to negotiate a crossover way back in 1987, uh, but couldn't agree on the profit split or the direction the film would take. So, development of a crossover began in earnest in the early 90s. This is when Jason was sold off by Paramount to New Line after the disappointing box office return for Jason Takes Manhattan. But New Line and returning producer Sean S. Cunningham uh, decided to make a movie featuring just Jason first, you know, to reintroduce everybody to the character. And uh, uh, this resulted in the extremely shitty Jason Goes to Hell. But the groundwork for the crossover was Lane with the film's ending stinger featuring Freddy's iconic glove dragging Jason's mask down into hell. But then plans for Freddy vs. Jason were further delayed when Wes Craven returned to the franchise to helm New Nightmare. And uh, things just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. A revolving door of writers and scripts began with uh, New Line reportedly spending... Nearly $6 million on script development alone. Uh, how many drafts of Freddy vs. Jason do you think it took for them to get to the one that we actually saw come to fruition, Justin? Exactly 69. Okay, it's a little less than 69. 68. Okay, it's a lot less than 69. <laughs> 12. There's more than 12. 15. It was more than 15. 29. It was less than 29. 20. It was 18. I'm Fuck. just going to say it was 18. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You went way over that I thought you were going to. I just wanted to say 69, bro. I should have known. <laughs> Look, 18 drafts is a lot. That's more than one a year for the entire length of time that this is existing. Just, like, why? Just make one. I mean, I guess that's eventually what they just did. They just said fuck it and made one. Yeah, so that's it was up. taking too long. But yeah, eighteen drafts and spending six million dollars on ultimately nothing that came to fruition. What a waste of money. Yeah. Ugh. That's bad. 
Shouldn't be that hard to make a story between. It took so long that you know Sean S. Cunningham got really frustrated with this entire process. You know, he came to New Line with the intention to make this movie. That was what he wanted to do. That's like the main reason he came back to do anything with Jason Voorhees as a character. You know, he was kind of done after the first movie. Yeah. But here he is, and he's like, I want to make Freddy vs. Jason, and then 10 years happened. (laughs) So, yeah, he got so frustrated that, you know, they ended up making Jason X just as, you know, I want to make something, basically. Yeah. And it ended up being Jason X. And then Jason X ended up getting delayed in the U.S., so it came out only one year before Freddy vs. Jason. Uh Uh-huh. So you just had a double dose of weird shit. Although Jason X is of far better quality, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, 100%. Way better movie than this. Easy. Good camp versus bad camp. Yeah. So, our writers ended up being, spin the wheel, all these screenplays fucking going by. (laughs) Mark Swift and Damien Shannon wrote the screenplay. So they were newcomers to not just the project, but as as screenwriters. But uh, if you want to know... What movies they got on their, uh, you know, resume, if you want to hire these men. Uh, They wrote such hits as uh, Shark Tale, that uh, Finding Nemo ripoff with Will Smith. Wonderful movie. Wonderful film. It's not as bad. Uh, The Friday the 13th reboot, we're going to watch next week. So, that's probably a bad sign. Oh, no. And, uh... For the makers of Shark Tale. (laughs) Comes Friday the 13th. <laughs> and uh, they did the Baywatch reboot film uh, that came out recently. Oh, oh no. and a movie I was not aware that was in any form of production in the past uh, called Genies <laughs> for Disney. That was apparently going to be an Aladdin prequel uh, about genies. And oh. it would uh, maybe explain how uh, the, the genie got into Lamp. Oh. Um, glad that didn't happen. Yeah. The fuck? Oof. So the they fuck? write the script, and then David S. Goyer, who, uh, of course, we know from uh, Blade Trinity. Uh-huh. I don't think he's ever done anything else. Nope. No. No, probably not. No. Just Blade Trinity. Yeah, that's it. Nothing else. So he comes in, and he, uh, so he had previously worked on scripts and touch-ups for this film over the, uh, I don't know, 10 years that they were trying to make a script for it. He was attached to it a couple times. So he returns once more to trim, quote, every ounce of fat, end quote, (laughs) from Swift and Shannon's screenplay. Now, Justin, you and I have watched the film by now. Did he succeed? No. I agree. (laughs) No. (laughs) There's a lot of fat in this movie. What are you fucking talking about? So early drafts of the screenplay uh, were very different. We had uh, Jason's origin getting more closely tied to Freddy, uh, seeing Kruger either uh, raping Pamela and being yeah. Jason's father, uh, or being responsible for Jason's drowning. Uh, this was meant to give motivation to Jason to fight Freddy at all, but was cut for being too dark. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, good. Yeah, good. What yeah, the fuck? good. I don't want Freddy to be Jason's fucking dad. That's fucking weird, dude. Like a lot of these movies do, they wanted the main character to be Tommy Jarvis, and then they were like, they, you know, rewrite, 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 it's not Tommy Jarvis anymore. But 
early on, they were trying to get Jason Bateman, a young Jason Bateman, oh. to come in and be the fourth actor to play Tommy Jarvis. Holy shit. And I would have dug that. Yeah, but back. nah, this movie has very little to do with the Friday lore, actually. It's more about the Nightmare on Elm Street lore. It has a, yeah, it barely got... You, you only get to Chris Lick at the end of the movie. Yeah. You look like the last 20 Most minutes. Most of it takes place on Elm Street and uh, whatever the fucking Springfield of the yeah. city. Okay. Yeah. Springfield, Ohio, I think. Maybe? Uh, I, I think it is, yeah. I think it's Ohio. Well, that's fun. So, a lot of people are considered to direct this movie over the years. They ask Rob Zombie, and Rob Zombie turns it down. You know, Rob Zombie's like, you know, I have too much integrity to, you know, ruin the legacy of these popular horror franchises. No. <laughs> He Here, doesn't me, say that at all. Here, let me go ruin the integrity of this horror franchise. <laughs> making, by making two Look, of the worst I entries. won't ruin Freddy and Jason, but I will ruin Michael Myers, and I will ruin it very hard. Actually, he turned him down to make House of a Thousand Corpses, I believe. That was around that era. That Probably a better movie? move. Is that his best movie? It's not even that good. Uh, his best movie is supposed to be Devil's Rejects, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is actually good. Um, but it's the only one that I hear that is actually good. Oh, okay. Everything else is just like, do you like Rob Zombie? Uh, I don't know. Well, you're probably not going to like it. Here's overglorified gore. Yeah. Doesn't look sick, brother. Dig through them ditches and burn through those witches and slam in the back of my big old car. Ooh, yeah, sweet. That's what it is. <laughs> you hit the line perfectly. And they also asked someone who would have been... They asked someone who would have been more appropriate, Peter Jackson. And Peter oh, Jackson, shit. I assume when they asked him, Peter Jackson just uh, laughed and then left the office... And then went and made the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. And then kept laughing <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Straight <laughs> like, to the bank. He had bigger fish to fry. Let's yeah. be fucking real. Right. Uh, I'm glad he passed this opportunity up so much. So, who do they get? Ronnie Yu, a Hong Kong director whose first American production was a little movie called Bride of Chucky in 1998. Oh, so... Maybe they hired him based off the horror comedy in that film, but I think it's really his Hong Kong roots that I hesitate to say shine here, but this is not a horror film. No. It's an action movie. Yeah. And I think that that's probably why they went with this guy, because they wanted it to be Freddy versus Jason having action fights with each other, and they do. Not until 70 minutes in, though. Yeah, God, it takes almost the entire movie. But yeah, it's uh, it's got that, you know, kind of like speed up the camera to show the... It's fucking terrible, Zoom in across the screen shit. Terrible, That is kind of commonplace in Hong Kong cinema. I like I some it. of it, but it, it's very overused in this movie and, like, stands out. Yeah, just like one of the... One of the things that, like, is well executed in a lot of the Friday movies is that violence. Mm -hmm. Because it is very, like, fast and matter-of-fact, but not sped up. Yeah. It kind of ruins it for me. I don't know. <laughs> not to mention this movie, um, it has a lot of gore in it. It's probably the goriest movie of the whole franchise so far. Yeah. But it none of it looks good. A lot of it is CGI blood, and that's probably how they were able to get away with so much of it. Because so much of the gore that was cut out of movies in the 80s was designed on set. 
probably to look like real blood. Yeah. CGI blood don't look like nothing. It looks like some red Kool-Aid flying all about the place. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. It looks terrible. And there's a lot of it, and that's how there's a lot of it, I assume. So, let's get into a couple of our cast members, which I think for the first time ever it is way more important to talk about the people playing the monster creatures than the uh, fucking survivors. Because, and the movie agrees with me, because who gives a shit about the human characters in this movie? They are one note and bad. Yeah. There's nothing to them whatsoever. Which I guess isn't that atypical for Friday, but still. Anyway. <laughs> Top billing, and he deserves it, is the man, the myth, the legend, Robert England, in his final film appearance as Freddy Krueger. Unfortunate last movie to go out on. Yeah. But, you know, there hasn't been another Fri uh, sorry nightmare movie after this one besides the reboot where he was replaced by... Um, uh, I forget the man's name, but he played Rorschach in Watchmen, and he oh, sounds okay. a lot like that in the Friday... I'm the, sorry, the Nightmare movie. I'm going to keep fucking that up, probably. Yeah, probably. But it's Robert England's great. Um, he's certainly better in other Freddy movies, though, because, like, you know... But unlike Jason, he uh, he is Freddy. Like, Jason has had, like, 15 different fucking people play him over the course of these movies. But, you know, Robert England is Freddy. Like, I would hesitate to see a new Nightmare movie if Freddy wasn't, like, done correctly. And he's a lot of the reason why Freddy is done correctly ever. Because he's synonymous with the character. I think that's a big problem why the, the remake didn't work. And why you haven't seen a movie since. Because it doesn't have the rights problems of Friday. But Friday has the advantage in that the killer is masked. Yeah. And anyone that is a big boy <laughs> can play Jason pretty well. It's, it takes someone of good talent to do it really well, though. And that's yeah, a problem yeah. we have in this movie. Yep, absolutely. Uh, our Jason is a guy named Ken Kurzinger. Now, uh, what happened to Kane Hodder? Yeah, please tell Where's me. Where's Kane Hodder like, at? Jesus Christ, where the fuck is he? You need him. King Hodder played Jason in the previous four films in the franchise. You know, he was the only actor who was good enough and dedicated enough to playing this giant masked serial killer man to play him multiple times. And New Line, in their vast wisdom, in addition to Ronnie Yu, were like, we want a different actor to play Jason. And Sean S. Cunningham really disagreed. He felt that Kane Hodder was the right man for the job, and I really agree. Yeah. Kane Hodder is easily the best Jason. Uh, the guy who played him in Part 6 is good. The guy who played him in Part 4 is great. But Kane Hodder's the guy, right? Yeah, he's the Jason. Yeah. But whatever the case, uh, New Line has their say, and they're like, we want somebody else, which sucks, because this guy wasn't that good. No, it was actually one of the worst. It was also partially Ronnie Yu's fault. Because he said he wanted a taller, slower, more deliberate Jason. Why? Now, let me let me bring up a little of a fact. Uh, Kane Hodder is six foot three, which is pretty fucking tall, and Kurzinger is six foot five, which is only two inches uh, higher than this man. But looking this up, I saw the height difference brought up as like the reason. That's. Are you telling me they didn't hire Kane Hodder over two inches? Are you fucking kidding me right now? 
Like, I realized that they wanted it to be like Freddy is shorter and Jason is more hulking and like so that they look different. But I think they already had that. Yeah. Like, Kane, Kane Hodder is big. He's a presence. <laughs> he has such a presence in the four movies that we've already seen him in. He's easily the best Jason. What are you guys doing? Like, already this is starting out bad. <laughs> Where they're like confusingly. Excuse that beep. We just beeped. Just beeped. Confusingly, they're just like going with the worst option. And I mean, like, no disrespect to Kurzinger. Uh, he did have a bit of a past with the franchise. He was he was in Jason Takes Manhattan. He was caught Hodder's stunt double, although Hodder did stunts anyway. But he did some of the stunts on that movie, and he okay. played the he played the cook at the end. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that Jason that. throws. So, like, I don't know. Weird choice. When you're making this big movie where these two slasher icons are gonna fight, wouldn't you want the best version of either, each of them? You'd think. You'd think. Anyway. Those are our two main characters, and you may be tricked into thinking that the other characters are main characters, but uh, the movie doesn't really care about them, so why should I? But anyway, what happened, what happened in Freddy vs. Jason Jusby? Alright, so they decide to open the movie with just with just uh, just giving the, the, the initial plot of the movie away. And here's, here's a little monologue by, by Fredith. <laughs> Fredith? Fredith. Mm-hmm. Fredith Krugeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, just talk about talk about how ooh, fear gives me the power to exist, but the kids all forgot about me. Yeah. And now I can't kill them anymore. Yeah. I I never saw um, Freddy's Dead, but I assume it ended things in a state that can lead into this. Sort of. Sort of. I mean, I don't know. They kind of ignore Jason goes to hell pretty hard here. Because they don't really explain how Jason is able to come back this easy. Like, I guess we just have to assume that Freddy just, like, resurrects him. But, like, why does Freddy have the power to do that? Right, I thought he can only manifest stuff in dreams. So like, Yeah, I don't know. Like, he's, he's powerless, and that's why his whole plan is hatched here, right? But somehow he's able to resurrect Jason Voorhees, who just got dragged to hell by part of some ritual bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, they just don't care about it. I, I mean, granted, I don't care about it either. Right. It's Jason goes to hell, who cares? Right. But, fuck you, either have continuity or ignore that movie completely. <laughs> like, they still needed it it to be him resurrecting Jason. And the way it shows him, he's still a corpse. Just sitting in the ground. Yeah. And then his eyes open back up. Yeah. There he is. So he, like, uh, he taunts him in the form of, uh... Well, doesn't taunt him, but, like, spurs him to go to Elm Street using Pamela. Yes. And it's not Betsy Palmer, although it could have been. It really But they didn't want to pay her money. Once again, yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know. Anyway, we're going to go meet our main characters, I guess. All of them are eh. They're in a house party being vegan fucking insufferable children. So our main character is Lori. She's played by Monica Kina. This is our final girl for the evening. We also got... Kia, her sassy best friend, played by Kelly Rowland, who uh, you may recognize as part of the uh, pop music trio Destiny's Child. No, not Beyonce. No, not the other one. The other other one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, who, who else is here? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Catherine Isabel as Gib, Lori's other friend with the red hat. Uh, she has a shitty boyfriend. He sucks shit. He's constantly bossing around and going like, you know, Come on, babe, let's go fuck. Yeah, it's a fucking piece of shit. 
And then like, come on, babe, I said, let's go. What an asshole. Yeah. So she was the star of uh, Ginger Snaps and its sequels, if you remember that. Uh-uh. That was some werewolf movies. Mm. And uh, I don't know. And apparently, because uh, this always happens, and Hollywood is a terrible place. True, true. <sighs> Catherine Isabel did not get along with Ronnie Yu on set because uh, she said no to Naked Scene. And lo and behold, a couple minutes in, there is a scene with her in the shower naked. That is not her. That is a body double because she said no and she stuck to her guns. Good. But Ronnie Yu apparently really tried to pressure her into appearing naked on film. Why does this always happen? I don't know. But pe- well, I feel like this creeps? is like the third or fourth time in the past couple weeks even. Like most of these directors apparently are fucking shitheads. Which I guess shouldn't surprise me that much. Just don't do it or hire another actor. Just hire another actress. If it's really that important that they appear naked, hire people that will appear naked. Jason X didn't have that problem. No. They sure chose people that would appear naked. (laughs) And they didn't worry about the acting because it's not going to be that good if... Anyway. (laughs) And uh, I think that's it as far as characters that are here that I would like to name actors for. So... I don't oh, know. Your dumb kids having dumb house party. Yeah, they get some beer. dumb beer. At first, it's all the girls sitting there talking about weird. I don't know whatever boomers think teenage girls talk about. <laughs> like they, they start playing fuck Mary kill. But it's oh, like, I remember. Yeah, they were like fuck Mary kill the Three Stooges. And it's like that's. I was like ew. That's dumb. Yeah. You gotta make it. If you're gonna make fuck Mary kill fun. You gotta make it way more ridiculous than that. You have to be like, hey, gang. No, we're not doing this again. I remember <laughs> you tricked me before. I will not be. We did, we did play fuck Mary. My lawyer is not present this time, and he wasn't present then. And I have to confer with my lawyer. Ah, oh, correct, correct. <laughs> there you go. Okay, good. Kids go fuck. Boys show up. Hmm. Abusive boyfriend. Well, the boyfriend and his friend who's trying to like hit on Lori, Lori yeah. and we get some exposition for like you know, like the uh, fucking Kia is like you should just fuck this guy, just fuck anybody. You fucking can't get over your ex-boyfriend. He left and didn't leave you any letters. And I think they mentioned that her mom's dead and she's like, you know, been tore up about that. And that's why she's a bit of a shut in as well. This is all just exposition for later. Yeah. And it's not particularly well done exposition either. It ultimately doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't. No, it's fucking stupid. Uh, A lot of the plot points this movie brings up don't matter. Uh, The death of her mom is one that I'll talk about later because that's really fucking stupid. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's get to the Jason deaths. Uh, well, Jason kills, I should say. Oh, yeah, first one. So after after uh, dumb man, dumb abusive man has sex with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. he's sitting in bed sipping a beer. Oh, Jason's here. Got into his bedroom somehow. Big, slow Jason. You think about that one? It's not like shady, quiet, methodical Jason. It's not just big, slow Jason. Yeah. This bed scene kill was pretty cool, though. This is the only kill, cool kill in this entire movie. Yeah, I guess so. The rest of them look like shit. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of good iconic ones that I, I would like put in like a top ten list or anything. I was thinking of doing that at the end. Yep, stabs the, the dude sees him. He's in the bed, he tries to roll over, but then Jason stabs him in the back. And just does it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Creates basically a hole in his body. It's a good moment. The signs he's not done. This dude's very clearly, like, fucked. Yeah. Grabs the bed <laughs> and folds him. Just slam jam that dude in the bed. You're gonna go to sleep forever now. Broke his spine. Easy. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he was probably already dead even before that. Reminds like, me reminds me a bit of the cop kill in part six, where yeah. you fold the fuck out of that guy. Another good kill. But unlike uh, normal Friday fashion, uh, Jason leaves after this, I guess. Because mm-hmm. nobody else dies. They all see it, and then they run out screaming and crying. Let me get a cop pulls up. Cop man. Mm-hmm. He's like, what the fuck is going on over here? Mm-hmm. Girl all bloody goes up and like, well, fucking what, dumbass? <laughs> Why are you fucking dicks going on? Hey, go to the fucking thing. Then, go, then police show up. She's like, oh shit, this is the, this is the Nightmare on Elm Street house. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, one from the movie Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh shit, oh fuck, oh god. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, I guess what... The movie eventually tells you this, but well, well, let's just get out of the way and tell it to you this. Here's what's going on. The entire town of Springfield, Ohio, or whatever, Springwood, I don't even remember. Something. Uh, has collectively decided to not, never talk about Freddy Krueger ever again and delete him from all history records uh, in an effort to just forget about him. And that will give him no power. Yes. Now, I don't know how the parents became privy to this knowledge. And how they acted upon it, or how they would know to do that. Because a lot of the time, in these uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, from what I remember, the parents are pretty useless and don't believe the kids in terms with Freddy. Like, they're like, that's just bullshit. We killed Freddy Krueger. He's not killing you. That's stupid. Like, that's literally the plot of the first one. Right. Nobody believes her. So, like, why would they all collectively now believe in Freddy? And believe in, like, depowering him by, like, having a giant conspiracy? And deleting him from public record. And even sending people to a mental institution to live forever because they know about Freddy. Because that's what happens. That's fucking nonsense. Yeah, I, I don't get... <laughs> I don't get any of this in the slightest. Like, Yeah, because I don't, I don't know. I think we go to the mental institution now. Yeah, right after the... Uh... Well, first, Lori has a bad dream. Yeah. They, they, they have a little girl talk about Freddy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Freddy, today Freddy Krueger, he come back, ooh-woo, and she's got, like, little fucked up eyes and shit. Yeah. And she wakes up. First, uh, for, before we go to the asylum, dumb, dumb other guy from that house gets killed by, by Jason. Oh, yeah, Jason comes back and kills him and his dad. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're at the mental hospital. Mm-hmm. That kill is very, like, dumb because it cuts away. Yeah, it's lame. lame So, what's going on at the mental hospital here? We got got our other main dude, our final dude. Yeah. Jason Ritter as Will. Uh, Hey, Jason Ritter's the voice behind Dipper on Gravity Falls, which is a better horror movie than this. (laughs) (laughs) And his friend is here, um, Mark, Brendan Fletcher as Mark, Will's uh, fellow escapee in a minute. So yeah, these dudes are being held against their will at a fucking asylum. Uh, will is being held here because he claims that Lori's father killed her mom, and nobody believes her. And he's like, "It's yeah. a conspiracy. I know what happened. They're just holding me here because they think I'm crazy." But that's what actually happened. He's actually wrong. Stupid. But anyway, and then the other dude's being held here because his brother killed himself, but really it was Freddy. Yeah, Freddy who killed him. him. And I think he got blamed for it and sent here and, like, told he was crazy because he said it was Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So, yeah, literally the people in power in Springfield are insane assholes who are literally throwing people away forever that have experienced trauma at the hands of Freddy Krueger. 
Yeah. So uh, just so that they can keep their conspiracy going that he never existed at all, which yep. is weird because it's framed like it was a bad thing. And it is because they're throwing people's lives away. Why don't they just tell the kids that they're doing this and let them live their lives? Like, is it like, do they not trust them to do it? Because there's some, there's several adults that do know what's going on. They're in on it. Mm-hmm. And they have forgot about Freddy Krueger. But, like, I don't know how that even works. Like, you can't just forget something willingly. Yeah, I don't know. That's not how your brain works. I have no idea. So, like, the adults still know about him. I don't know. It doesn't make it, sense. It's not a concept that makes any sense. Yeah. The movie relies on it a little too much. I didn't even notice that uh, right after the asylum scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, got Lori and her dad. Her dad's trying to, trying to give her some OJ. I didn't even realize that he slipped some hypnocill in there. You didn't see that? No, I didn't notice it at first. Which is a drug that suppresses dreams, you find out later in the movie. There's actually a reference. So this has some reason to be here. Hypnocill is in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Oh, yeah. Um, Nancy's taking it. Right. To suppress her dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's kind of cool that that's a reference, but it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense that, like, you know... Why don't you just give everybody hypnocill? Instead of doing this thing where you just throw people away in an asylum forever. <laughs> Although I guess they show the, the negative effects that Hypnosil can yeah, have later like in the movie. Yeah, psychotic effects. Yeah, because you could get in a coma and be a coma person. But that's maybe too much Hypnosil. I don't really know. Because they... I don't know. I don't know. The movie doesn't make sense, Justin. <laughs> no. Let's continue. Not even close. I don't want to get held up on this topic. Yeah, so now, it's now the kids are all at the school, and then, uh, and then Lori tries to explain what's going on with Freddy, but she can't like put her finger on what's happening. And then asylum yeah. dudes show up, and then the weird guy uh, spooks everybody in the entire school and exposes them to the idea of Freddy. Yeah. Basically damning everyone. Yeah, well, he doesn't know that. Why would he know that? Yeah, because, because you know... Everybody's lying. Yeah, because yeah. town's stupid. Mm-hmm. That's everybody's fault. This town's stupid. Let's just go with that. We get introduced to, like, another character that I'll mention here. This is Chris Marquette as Charlie, the nerdy kid who likes Lori, but she doesn't really feel the same way about him at all. Yeah. Because she likes Will still. But anyway, um, they freak Lori out so hard that she passes out. Yeah. And uh, by the way, shout outs to the background characters. They are hilarious. They look directly at the camera and they are like acting up a storm back there. Because, like, whenever the other characters are talking, look at the background characters, and they are paying attention to that conversation so hard that's going on. Like, usually in a movie, when you have extras in the background, they're they're straight up not paying attention to the the main actors talking. But in this movie, they are totally fucking staring. They just stare, yeah. They They, just stare. They just stare at them. And it's, it's... I think it's because they got really inexperienced people and didn't tell them what to do because clearly they were supposed to be like, you know, just talk amongst yourselves. Don't look at the main actors unless we tell you to. That's what I like. You're supposed to do as an extra. Yep. You're supposed to be in the background and not noticeable. These are totally noticeable. Yeah. (laughs) Now I know that like some of them would pay attention once there's like a crazy guy talking, but like it's the whole time whenever anyone's talking. (laughs) It's really funny. Mm-hmm. So now we got our Asylum Boys. They kind of uncover... Asylum Boys! Asylum yeah! Boys. Start uncovering the secret about the town. They start figuring everything out by looking shit up on a computer. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, uh, they're having a party. The other kids are having a party party. 
Oh yeah, in a fucking in a fucking crop circle from the movie Signs directed yeah. by M Night Shyamalan. Excuse yeah, me, you guys, better get off Mel Gibson's property. He's not a nice guy. I've heard. Main's main asylum boy comes to get Lori here, and all, all, all the rest of our characters are here too. Yeah, and so, what I mean by the rest of our characters is so is Jason. Yeah, Jason comes and and starts to do some killings. Yep, but not before um, uh, Ginger Snaps here falls asleep. Just because. And then just gets killed. And then, yeah. So, like, the implication here is she's about to get killed by Freddy, who has, I guess, gained enough power because now people are talking about Freddy and know who he is. Yeah. To kill her, and he's about to, but then Jason does it instead while it she's asleep. Him, and it makes him mad. And at, yeah, yeah, Freddy goes like, she was mine! So now he, now he <laughs> wants to stop. Yeah, so now he's pissed at Jason. And our, our movie can finally begin? Question mark? No, not really. Not even. Still not even. <laughs> you got so now Jason shows up and starts killing boys. He gets lit on fire and doesn't give a fuck. Nah. He just keeps walking and lighting everything on fire. Yeah, he lights that whole ass fucking field on fire. For, some, for whatever reason, they massively increase the frame rate. Yeah, they do this a lot in this movie. They speed up and speed down to like make action work. It's, oh god, it's terrible, yeah. dude. Which I was kind of referring to that when I was talking about Ronnie Yu, because like you know, it's a thing it's, that he will do. Ugh, it just looks terrible, man. It's weird. It doesn't look great. It's something that's aged pretty poorly. I, I remember seeing that in some other movies from the era, two thousand three ish. Yeah. But like, man, it, it looks fucking terrible now, doesn't it? Awful. Yeah. It just doesn't look. This, it just doesn't work, man. I don't know. No. Oh, probably because. They probably had to use a bunch of CGI fire because they didn't have Kane Hodder who would have just been like, let me up. Yeah, I'm on fire, dude. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he wanted to be on fire longer than anyone else. Yeah. And it hurt him. He didn't care. Nah, he got burned a bit and shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, he has burns on him now. But like, yeah. For the, for the art of the film. <laughs> what a madman. Sacrificing your own body for Friday the 13th Part 7. What a champion. What a madman, <laughs> dude. Sweet lord. No. So yeah, then we another main character down. Ginger Snaps is dead. Mm-hmm. And the rest of our characters now, now with with the weird nerd kid who just kind of came along. Yeah, and also the weird stoner discount Jason Muse comes along too. Yeah. Who like why? He didn't have any interactions with the rest of the cast until just now. And but here he is. He's part of the gang. He rounds out the cast, and he's only along for the ride for one scene that happens. And it's dumb as shit. Anyway, I don't know. So they drop everybody off and try to go back to Lori's house. Lori's dad shows up. Mm-hmm. He's trying to explain to Lori. Oh, yeah. I saw, you, I saw him kill... Uh, it, sorry, how many says I saw your dad kill your mom. Yeah, Mark like, like explains to her what was happening. It's like, I saw your dad kill your mom. Like You need to stay away from him. It's so matter-of-fact. It's like yeah. terrible acting. God. And uh, so her dad handles this really poorly. Yeah. As we all well know, the way to get your daughter to think that you're not a murderer is to yell at her a bunch and tell her to go to sleep. And then choke her boyfriend. And then choke her boyfriend. So murder dad follows her up the stairs. She's like, haha, got him. And she just jumps out the window. He just climbs out and the window. And he's like, oh no. And we never see him again. And That's this plot line is not really well resolved at all. No. But anyway, um, meanwhile at the police station, I think, we haven't really went into this side plot yet, but there's a cop guy uh, played by Lachlan Monroe as Deputy Scott Stubbs. So he's a younger cop, but he doesn't know about this shit going down. The head sheriff guy knows it's Freddy, right? 
Mm-hmm. But he's trying to keep it on the DL and not not get the get everybody in a panic about Freddy and also get Freddy starting killing again and proper. Although like they think that that's what's happening already because they don't know about Jason and he comes to them with news that it's Jason. He's like, "Shut the fuck up! I don't care." And then this cop is like, "All right, whatever." And he goes and joins our heroes. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this guy was in Scary Movie 1. Oh. Now he gets to be in a real horror movie, Justin. Wait, no, he doesn't. It's fucking Freddy vs. Jason. Oh. Scary Movie 1 is scarier than Freddy vs. Jason. That (laughs) So, meanwhile, our our other Asylum Boy gets killed by Freddy. A very long, dramatic... Rest in peace, Asylum Boy. He's lit on fire, tossed around like a... Yeah, this is some crazy shit. And uh, I think they... Like, Freddy writes Freddy's... Yeah, burns Freddy's back into his back. In his back. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. That's Freddy's back. That's Freddy's back now, bitch. It's not, yeah, the gang's all together now. He should have put the up. TM over Freddy. Uh, like, like in the video game, when yeah. it says Freddy, TM is coming. Amazing. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm opening a drink. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. All right, Let's let the squad us all together. Our squad is here. We have Nerdy Boy, Stoner Boy, Asylum Boy, Police Boy, Police Boy, Boring Girl, Boring Girl, Destiny's Child. Our gang is here. And boy, are they ready to come up with a dumb plan. They piece this together conveniently, if you ask me, that, oh, it must be that Freddy... Was using Jason <laughs> to yeah. to kill people so that Freddy could come back. I don't. I don't. Mm, I don't see so. the logic of it in the movie itself. Why would they find this out? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> like, all right, well, able to figure it out. Like, right, in the meantime, we're gonna take care of a dream problem. Like, oh, let's go back to the asylum and get the dream pill. We'll get the dream pills. That way, we don't get killed by Freddy in the dream realm. And so they go there and they break in, but Jason's coming too. Yep, and Stoner Man's here. Uh, decides to stay behind and light up a joiny joint. Yeah, and, uh, the weird like Freddy lizard thing shows up. Um, yeah, let's talk about this scene. This is the worst part of the movie. What different? Like, I, I think it looks so terrible, man. It really looks terrible. Weird like Freddy caterpillar lizard thing. It's a Freddy caterpillar lizard thing that has a bong. And the dude's like, whoa, far out, man. Let me get a hit off of that. It's just... It's just terrible. There's nothing funny or good about this. I don't know why they decided they needed a discount Jason Muse. I don't know why they decided this scene was necessary. Um, or funny. Because it's not. No. It's just like LMAO weed. And then all it's really leading to is Freddy basically possesses this guy while he's asleep, assumes control over his body, and starts flushing all the fucking hypnosil down the sink. Yeah. That way it ain't got no hypnosil. Oh no. And then Jason's coming too. And then uh, as they're all trying to escape, they're like, Bill, what are you doing? He's like, I'll handle this bitch in Freddy's voice. Right? Yep. Yeah. He's like, let me handle this bitch. And then, then Jason walks up towards him, kills Copman. Copman's dead. Oh, yeah, Copman's dead. That plot point didn't matter. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and he's got like two. Freddy got like two fucking doses of like 
fucking sleepy sleepy juice and just just, hits, just stabs Jason with it and Jason goes to sleep. Sleepy juice. And uh now the actual fight begins. We're an hour in. Yeah. So I, I get what they were going for here. When we're in the dream realm, Freddy is the clear advantage. Yeah. In the real world, I guess Jason would have yeah, sure. more of an advantage. Although Freddy still seems to get his, his hits in. But uh, so here's this dumb scene. I don't think Jason Voorhees has a weakness, Josby. No. But this movie seems to think his weakness is water. Yeah, I don't Like he's Bruce that. Willis from fucking. I almost said Undertale. It's not Undertale, it's Unbreakable. <laughs> Bruce Willis from Undertale, where he played the his character Sans. Yeah, so you just like so in the dreamscape here, like like Freddy just like pours water down from the ceiling over top of him, and he immediately turns into like little kid Jason with a deformed head, and he's all scared of the water, and like Freddy's like ha 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 ha. Anyway, our main characters, our gang, have got uh, Jason tied up in the back of their mystery machine here. Yeah, their plan is to drive out to Camp Crystal Lake, which is probably multiple states over from. You know, Ohio. Yeah, very much so. You know, they have to drive through Ohio and PA and (laughs) all the way over to New Jersey. That's pretty crazy, man. But all right. And they keep uh, stabbing Jason with the sleepy drug to keep him asleep until they get there. Yeah, And then when they're close, uh, Lori... Takes the sleepy drug because their plan is that she'll bring Freddy out into the real world and then Jason will fight him. And they're driving to Crystal Lake so that Jason has home field advantage? Question mark. Which doesn't really make any fucking sense to me. I feel like Jason would be effective anywhere. But I digress. Let's get to the good part of the movie. Yeah, so... So, yeah, so we put Lori asleep to go get him, and then uh, Jason wakes up, though, and crashes the van. Yeah. And they end up in the house. And gets and then crashes, and he zooms out of it really comically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so then to get out of the dream, Lori gets her arm burned, and finally is about to wake her, and she grabs Freddy. Do you want to talk about what her dream is like? Oh, Real quick. Sad. No, for all yeah, that's right. She has a dream where she's at Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm, in, like, the 50s. Yeah, the, and the day that Jason Jason's drowns. getting bullied by kids, and they throw a sack over his head, which I think is a reference to part two. So, it's, it's just a really weird setting. You got a bunch of kids bullying deformed Jason. Yeah, they put the sack on his head. It's, like, from part two. Right. I get it. Yeah. It's a reference. And then, and then he gets pushed into the water, I guess. Yeah, and she sees the counselors that are literally just fucking on the porch of a cabin. Yeah, they're just literally fucking. Yeah, and and that, but it's a dream, and that's why. And then like yeah. one of them is Freddy, and he's fucking a dead girl, and he he says something like, "It's not my fault she's dead on her feet." Ha ha ha! You know, typical yeah. Freddy nonsense. Right. And uh, so there's a cool shot in this part. Where, um, you know, right after she goes and tries to save Jason herself and then is sh- scared by his deformed head and he falls into the lake and Freddy pops out and drowns Jason. And then he fucking jumps out of the lake and it's super fucking cool, actually. Yeah. It's like a fucking free willy shot. It's kind of hilarious. 
but it's like a this, and then I like how Freddy looks here. He's kind of like it looks like a demon. Mm-hmm. He's looking a little different. Yeah, to scare her and shit. I like when Freddy takes on like different forms and stuff because you know you can do anything. It's a dream, and I think this movie could have stood to take a little more advantage of that, other than just like the standard fucking boiler room sets and whatever we got. So, uh, yeah, she's uh, about to get, uh, you know, and then it flashes back to, like, the dream switches locations to the Elm Street house. To Lori's trauma. Lori's trauma of uh, her mom getting killed, and she finds out that it was Freddy who did it, I guess, at some time that we don't know. You know, if everybody forgot about Freddy, when did he kill the mom? I don't fucking know, but I guess it wasn't her dad. But we never see her dad again, so... What does this plot point matter to the movie? It didn't. Nope. Anyway... Didn't matter at all. Uh, Freddy uh, is tr- coming to get her, and by get her, I mean rape her. Uh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thank God she wakes up when her hand gets burned in this burning cabin because Jason's coming to kill everybody else. And she rips Freddy out of the dream dimension and in the real world, and Freddy looks up. And he sees Jason Voorhees, and he's kind of like has an oh shit face, because <laughs> he did not expect that shit. And hey, the movie begins. Wow, it's time for the movie. It's and for a brief, a brief little period of time, the movie is good. Yeah. I actually like when this movie's actually about Freddy and Jason fighting. It's fun. But for so much of it, it's not about that. All but twenty minutes. Yeah, that's really frustrating to me. And so, they tussle for a very long time over some really fun set pieces. You got, uh... It looks like out of Looney Tunes, dude. How fucking yeah, ridiculous some of this stuff Freddy's is. Freddy's fucking shooting torpedoes at him and shit. Yeah. They're like uh, fucking, like, air canisters. Yep. The Freddy literally says, man, the torpedoes, and starts shooting him at Jason. I really like the part where Jason just picks up Freddy and rams him through, like, a comically large amount of windows. Yeah. <laughs> just so many of them. And it's it's all a little weird looking because they do have that weird frame rate shit that's going on the whole time. But it's fun. You could tell that, like, the only reason they wanted to make this movie the whole time was so that these characters could fight. And I wish more of the movie was that, because the excuse to get to this point is really long and dumb. Yep. I don't think you need to even come up with anything clever. Just have them fight. <laughs> like, I don't care. Wait, like, Jason washes up, like, in Springfield, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, oh, he's there, and Freddy's there, too, and... Yeah, like you, it could have been okay. just as simple as like the uh, the uh, Jason and Leatherface comic I read, where like you know getting Jason to Texas is the only problem you have. Yeah. Then you just you know have them fucking link up and fight and have you know, cause chaos. That's all you need. <laughs> That's it. So they eventually get down to the dock. Yeah. They're, they're swiping blows at each other, but it looks like Freddy is starting to win. Uh huh. Uh, we need to talk about the slur. Oh yeah, I, forgot about <laughs> I wanted to forget. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, I, I, I want, I want to blame people for this. It needs to be said. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, Kelly Rowland from the band Destiny's Child is here 
she's one of the last victims alive. They kill the nerdy kid, and like you know, and we only have we're down to three. Mm-hmm. But mainly, Freddie and Jason are fighting, and it's like whatever. But she shot, pops up, and because uh, Freddie's about to go after Lori and Will, but she pops up and distracts him, and Freddie decides to go after her, and he says. Ah, dark meat. Oh. And that in and of itself God. is already, like, the most cringy fucking thing. God, the the mid-2000s were terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, but then it gets way worse. Because, uh... She, uh, tries to show Freddy that she's not afraid of him and psych him out. And she does this by, uh, making fun of his appearance and calling him, uh, uh, the gay slur. Yes, the good old F slur. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this is this is interesting. This is why I wanted to talk about this. Uh, this moment where Kia calls Freddy a homophobic slur well, apparently shocked and disturbed the screenwriters. Uh, Mr. Swift and Shannon uh, stated that line was not in their script, but here it is in the movie anyway. So this leads us with only a couple options. Uh, Ronnie Yu or Kelly Rowland ad-lib. And I don't know. Either one is not great. No. <laughs> uh, it ages the film very bad. Uh, I mean, I know you're going to have this with movies from the edgy mid-2000s. But, boy. And, and, like, just the way it happens where it's like a one-two punch where you just have, like, the 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 7 out of 10 cringe with Freddy saying dark meat. And then you get the 11 out of 10 cringe when she claps back at him here. Yeah. I'm bad. just like, oof. And then again, let's let's just leave the 2000s behind forever. <laughs> Everything they're sitting there trying to psych about doesn't even matter anyway, because then Jason just shows up behind her and like blasts her into a tree. Jason said gay rights, everybody. And he will obliterate homophobes. He will slash homophobes uh, you know, if, if and if make them anybody, fly several meters. If we need anybody to obliterate homophobes, Jason would do the job. So, yeah, I'm here for it. So anyway, their fight continues and they escalate all the way over to... to we get to this Crystal Lake set that kind of looks like several Crystal Lake sets we've seen before. Yeah, many. Uh, I want to bring this up because this is a little weird. Uh, so this movie came out in 2003. Another movie that came out in 2003 was a little movie called X2, X-Men United. Uh, that also used this location to film some scenes at. This lake set. I think it was towards the end of X2. Okay. And uh, both casts and crews were staying in the same hotel and filming at the same time in Canada <laughs> and using this set. Some weird shit. That's really strange. <laughs> hey, at least yeah. one of these movies was good, I guess. Hey. I don't know. X2, X2's not bad. That's all right. Bra- fuck Brian Singer, though. So while these two are fighting on this dock, and Freddy is close to winning... Kids are like, oh, we got a brilliant idea. Let's uh, let's just light this bitch up. There's a bunch of propane here. See, see, I was wondering who would win in the battle between Freddy and Jason. Man, the answer is propane and propane accessories. Because they just light the dock on fire, and that's the real winner here. And they yep. just blow it up. And when the dock explodes, I might add, it has a sonic boom effect. For some reason, even though it was a propane explosion. (laughs) Yeah. It's like like a fucking nuke goes off, dude. Like, the kids get blasted in the water, though. They they did a big screen shake. Yeah. Nuclear fallout just happened, bro. (laughs) 
fucking terrible. It was just a propane explosion, man. But yeah, like before that, Jason and Freddy were really stabbing the shit out of each other, and like there's a lot of blood, and I like it. I like the big struggle between them. Yeah, Freddy's one armed, but of course this explosion just knocks them into the lake, and they're fine. Yeah, relatively speaking, because Freddy immediately gets out of there while our heroes are celebrating and hugging each other, and he's coming with Jason's machete, about to fucking kill the both of them. And and then Jason. Stabs armed him. with Freddy's arm um, yeah. with the claw Stabbed stabs him. Freddy through the chest with the arm and then, uh, and then boring girl finishes him off yeah cuts off his head and says welcome to my world bitch or whatever which is just literally a line that Freddy said earlier so it's not that clever no it's fucking dumb and then really bad CGI blood spurting out you love to see it mm-hmm. and Jason's I'm sorry Freddy's head uh, gets dunked in the river like a skipping stone and uh, starts to sink to that bitch. And then Jason sinks too and uh, boring main girl uh, throws the machete in the lake and we're we're all good. Happy end. Nobody won. Except we get our last scene of the movie and this was a reshoot because uh, they test shot, they had test screening, sorry, uh, for this movie with several different other endings that weren't as good. And uh, I think the best ending was one that they never went with, which was going to be uh, they fight and then get dragged to hell, like Jason did at the end of Jason Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. And like maybe that would imply that like you know God or Satan were mad that Jason evaded going to hell, and so did Freddy. I kind of like that answer. Maybe they would just be like, fuck it. This is bullshit. You guys are supposed to be dead. Stop killing people on Earth and just drag them to fucking hell. <laughs> but then when they go to hell, they're still fighting because they're still pissed and they're still assholes. And then Pinhead comes out of nowhere and says, gentlemen, what seems to be the fuss? And that would have been great. <laughs> oh, my God. Maximum cheese cringe, dude. But New Line doesn't have the rights to Hellraiser, even though I don't think it was probably that big of a get at that point. Yeah. At that point, Hellraiser had... Just like Friday and Nightmare had several shitty sequels and it wasn't a big hot dollar property or anything. So right. they probably could have worked to make it happen, but they got lazy and said no. Maybe they felt that that would have been promising a sequel to this movie and they didn't want to fucking do that after it took them like 15 years to make this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just got like Freddy coming up out of the water, holding Freddy's head and then a wig at the camera. Freddy's holding Freddy's head? Jason comes That'd up the water funny. holding Freddy's head. It's and Jason Freddy's holding just, Freddy's head. Yeah. And Freddy's, Freddy's head just winks at the camera and then it cuts the credits. Yeah, which is kind of lazy. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess, like, you could say Jason won, but, like, I would rather have a definitive answer. I hate the kind of, like, non-committal yeah. way these movies tend to end. Like, tell me if Godzilla or Kong wins. You know? Choose yeah. one. Right. Like, don't just, like, be like, well, we don't want to disappoint the King Kong fans out there. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You know, you guy would lose anyway. And in my opinion, Jason won because that makes sense to me. Yeah. If they were in the dream world, Freddy would have won. That's fine. But yeah. they weren't. They were in the real world, so Jason beat his ass and cut off his head. Right. Well, he didn't. The girl did. But yeah. whatever. Whatever. Stabbed him through the chest with his arm. That's the movie. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Jason's not even played by Kurzinger at that last scene, just to add insult to injury. That's oh my uh, God. another stuntman named Douglas Tate. So, they couldn't even get hotter for that one moment. Fucking assholes. That dude's shorter than hotter, by the way. He did my boy that. (laughs) 
Now, the film was really successful, though. Of course um, it was. It had a huge budget, bigger than any of these movies that ever had before, $30 million. But it made $116.6 million, which is way bigger than, like, any of the Friday movies we've looked at so far. Yeah. And I think bigger than any of the Nightmare movies, too. Like, the only thing that came close was, like, the first entries in these franchises at all. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy to think. Uh, Especially as these, like, the popularity of these characters was more in the 80s than the 2000s. But this movie was hyped up and promised for so long that, like, I could see how this kind of hit a fever pitch. Yeah. Also, the U.S. East Coast experienced a massive blackout uh, the same weekend this came out. So maybe people were like, fuck this. I don't have any power. Let's go to the movies. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with it. It Conspiracy theory. Mm. (laughs) Your new line was just like, let's knock out the power. (laughs) New line's like, oh, why? Damn now, it. now, critics were still mostly unkind, but I would like to point out that for Friday films, a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes is enough to get you third place yeah. out of all the movies, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> but what do we think of this movie? Because I don't uh, think we're going to put it third overall, because I didn't I mean, like what, it at all. What's the bottom movie? What's the bottom movie? The bottom you movie? already want to start there? What's the bottom movie? I mean, it's Jason Goes to Hell, which I think deserves to stay there. Because oh I don't know man there's there's way better shit in Jason Goes to Hell are you kidding me? Yeah but like okay so Jason Goes to Hell is more like an enjoyable bad movie and I yeah. think it I think it earns that bottom spot and deserves it and I don't want to go give it to Freddy versus Jason just because it's like a mediocre movie it's not even like a mediocre movie it's bad it's like oh, it's bad too mediocre well okay. The only saving grace of this entire movie, like I feel about it it's like the a final similar twenty minutes of it. Yeah, I feel a similar way about it that I do like part seven, where we have basically Jason versus Carrie at the end. It's like a worse version of part seven, though. It's a way worse version than part seven. Right, part yeah. seven had good stuff intermittent throughout. All right, it. how about this? I want to put it at the bottom. I'll give you one spot. It goes right above Jason goes to hell. I won't go any higher. I won't. Let me think. I hated this. I hated well, the time I spent with this it. film. Let me think I hated about it. it. I don't know. You might have a point, because at the end of the day, I think Jason Goes to Hell does, it tries. It, it just, like, it's funnier. It's, like, it's way funnier. You don't talk about enjoyability. The reason why we put Jason X so high on this list is because of enjoyability. This this movie Yeah, but that get... nails its tone that it's going for. I don't know if Jason Goes to Hell nails any tone. It wanted to be serious. It failed miserably. Yeah. Um, I'll, go, I'll go right above it. That's it, though. That'd be below Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah, for There's sure. There's so many fun boat kills in that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jason takes boat hat and more like... Right. Um, I don't know. I Yeah, I would argue one point, one like like just a smudge above Jason Goes to Hell. Okay. And Jason Goes to Hell has intermittent, fun, funny, weirdo, what the fuck is going on moments. And this one is boring for 70 minutes. And then when they fight, it is fun. So yep. it at least has that going for it. And I think I appreciated that more than, you know, while it is incredibly strange, Jason Goes to Hell is fucking abysmal. <laughs> yeah. Both of these movies are. That's where it's going. So next week we're going to finish this crap fest. Yep. Um, I'm going to doubt that the remake is good. Highly. Uh, it's written by the people... That wrote Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, good. And it's directed by the guy who did the Texas Chainsaw remake, 
So better. my hype level is really low. I have heard positive things about it from some people on the internet, but most people say it's just it's more it's more Friday garbage. It, but it's a little gorier and there's more nudity because Great. it's a movie from 2009. <laughs> but that'll finish us up. Uh, I'll also talk about the Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash comic, and we'll also give our thoughts about this entire series and wrap it up and move on to something else. Do a big wheel spin. That should be yeah, fun. Yeah, it's been a while. Big yeah. wheel spin. we got a new wheel. It's big. Yeah. What we're going to have to do is we're going to, uh, because we're leading up to our 100th episode, uh, Spooktacular, in August, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it ends up being. It'll be in like late August, I think. Um, so we're probably going to have to do a wheel spin of movies that only have four or three entries, and then we'll yeah. do like two of those. Right. Then we'll do our 100th episode, Spooktacular. Yeah. I want to call it a Spooktacular no matter what. I don't care okay, what month it fine. takes place in. It'll be in like probably early September. So. That's fine. That's yeah, spooky enough for me. Yeah, fall. Close enough, right? Yeah. Every <laughs> month is Spooktacular in 2020, where everything is terrible and scary. Listen, mm-hmm. I've got chicky to eat. Yeah. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm blowing this bitch. I'm, I'm leaving this caboose. Okay, goodbye, everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm scooting out of this out of this cotton. Remember, Jason Voorhees said ACAB and gays are people, too. Yep. Remember. Kill the homophobes. Kill the homophobes. Jason said not me in a video game. In, in a video game. In a video game. In a video game. TOS. TOS. Why are you saying in a video game? <laughs>